Let's go, pick up the courses, let's roll Make it rain like we're from the tropics Drip drop hot, cause it on my lips A, B, let's see, are you ready? So There's no need to talk about it Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humble and Hungry. I'm your friend, Natalie Poucher. Welcome back, everybody. How are you guys all doing? I know I am feeling so much better. Thank you all for asking. Um, We are definitely on the mend in this house. Nobody is sick. Knock on wood. Hopefully that lasts for longer than a week. Um, But we're, yeah, we're doing good. I have some of Riley's family coming in. This weekend, I've had his mother-in-law with us for about a month and a half now, uh, going on two months. She's here with her dog. Uh, it's really, really cold where she lives, and she's building a, um, a like a little cottage house uh, cabin. And it there's like ten inches of snow where she's at. So we were like, just come on down, hang out with us for a few months until you know your house is is ready to be built so she's been with us for for a little bit and it's been so nice having her uh and now i have riley's brother coming in this weekend so that'll be fun uh but i'm also looking forward to today's episode because i have lacy nicole on the show today she's actually here a local here in orange county we have a lot of mutual friends riley knows her we just her and i had actually never met um up until this interview and I was really excited to talk to her because she has such a fascinating story. She is a kidnapping survivor. Um, She's a childhood trauma expert and she's just dealt with endometriosis and autoimmune diseases and has just really done the work and looked into basically all these things. And she's talked to um, Dr. Amen and all these professionals and she never thought she could have kids. And here she is nine months pregnant. And so her story is honestly so inspiring. It's I'm excited for you guys to get to know her. She's the host of the Shame to Sparkle podcast, and she actually has a book coming out. So I am excited for you guys to listen to this episode and can't wait to hear what you guys think. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Lacey. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Of course. By the way, first of all, how are you feeling? I feel incredible. I am nine months pregnant. When's your due date? So I'm due in around three weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What are you feeling right now? Like, are you, like, are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you ready for this baby to come out? Do you want to be pregnant for like another year? Like where are you at? I certainly do not want to be pregnant for another year. Um, you know what? I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much knowing that like God and the universe is in control. Yeah. Um, just feeling, you know, that final people say the final month is where you're a little miserable and I'm there. So I'm just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a blessing. I'm definitely feeling the puffy ready to get her out. I'm so excited to be done. (laughs) I know. Oh my God. Do you have a name for her already? 
Yes. So we are naming her Katarina Colette. Oh my gosh. I call her Colette. I love those names. My prior boss. Those were her daughter's names. Oh my gosh. So my husband is from Russia and Katarina is like the ultimate Russian name. It means princess and it's like... We needed a Russian name, but my whole life I've wanted Colette. It's it was actually my favorite store in Paris. And I always wanted a little Colette. And so we finally compromised, but I call her Colette. So she's I love it. <laughs> you're like, I'll give you the first name, but I'm calling her Colette. Yeah. And all her school papers are like name. Colette. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited for you. I I we don't know each other directly but you know Riley and I feel like we have a lot of mutual friends and I'm surprised we actually haven't met in person but I've heard your story and I it's so inspiring I have to say and that's that I don't even know you know everything so I'd love for you to sort of just dabble a little bit I mean I'm sure we could talk for hours but you know in in the 40 minute wingsman that we have I'd love to just like know a little bit about your story I know that you um, are a kidnapped survivor. I know that you struggle with endometriosis and autoimmune issues, and you're just a big advocate and philanthropist and all that. So, I mean, like, where do we even begin? Oh my gosh, you, you said that so kindly. I know. I always, whenever people are like, leave me a brief synopsis about yourself. I'm like, can we really ever, I guess I can say a little bit about me is I have kind of created my platform now where I'm at is built off overcoming, you know, shame and just all of the things that go hand in hand with shame and feeling, you know, imposter syndrome or not worthy or codependent or like you're not doing what you need to be doing, but you don't know how to. And that kind of came to be when I was transparent about just things I had gone through. So One of my best friends and I were victims of a kidnapping, a really horrific kidnapping. We were followed home and taken by a gang that trafficked women. Um, They were an an international gang that were here illegally and their their motive and what they, I guess, had wanted prior, I will say, for was for kidnapping women to bring them over borders. And... Going through that, I, a few years ago, I will say I I obviously survived. It was a miracle. We had a guardian angel. This happened just a few years ago? Yeah, and it was a horrific thing. And we, you know, we were injured. And definitely for me, it was um, like the psychological after effects were really, really hard for me in particular. And I couldn't grasp why. Like, I could not heal. And I saw Dr. Amen at the Amen Clinic, and he would do brain scans. And I saw... I would keep busy, but I was like, why can't I heal myself? Because my friend was doing so well at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I really started to dive deep into adults, specifically women. Again, <laughs> I'm so sorry to any men. No, it's um, fine. Majority of my listeners are women, so it's fine. <laughs> I started just researching and divulging into really how our bodies carry trauma and how they carry shame and really how we handle things and how we handle things that are dealt to us. And I started to notice like, I'm sick. I was 28 years old, which is insane. I know that like we are a sick society, but I knew I'm pretty healthy. I mean, right now I'm not that healthy. I'm pregnant, (laughs) but I knew something was amiss. And I just started diving into really how to combat the mindset I was living in, 
which is really hard because you have to go through like we're like onions, you know? Yeah. And I started noticing like, oh, my gosh, our upbringing has something to play with how we cope, our lifestyle. What are we holding in? How am I advocating for myself? And it, it really just brought me onto this journey of like overcoming codependency and boundary work and really now being transparent. Sorry, long story long. I know. The no, not at all. But did you not have issues like autoimmune or any of those issues before the kidnapping? Did this all sort of start once like the stress and like the PTSD sort of kicked in? So I had no issues prior. Okay. I do believe with or without something horrific happening that it's a great book. I always, I always talk about it. The book is the body keeps the score. I had crazy childhood trauma that I was repressing because I wanted to be loved and worthy and accepted like we all do. And I never dealt with that. I just put it in the, you know, you put it in the back burner and you try and shine. And so I think that with being, you know, kidnapped, it's such a horrific thing. It's a shock value thing. When I tell people I have childhood trauma, it's like a dime a dozen, don't we all? Right. But when you tell people you were kidnapped, they're like, holy crap. And yeah, so a whole other thing to unravel. Yeah. Yeah. But I noticed in healing and I did EMDR, I've done an array of therapies. I share them all on my social media, but I noticed like the thing that was haunting me was really my upbringing and not feeling loved or safe or, you know, valuable. So any other discrepancy that had happened or any illness or any breakup or someone cheats on you, or in my case, you know, I was kidnapped. I, I kind of attribute it to like, yep, well, that's the hand I was dealt. I, you know, I have bad luck. I'm not worthy. Mm. And so, yeah, I've just conceptually tried to really advocate for women who are in shame. I know that shame is such a, like a loose fitted word, but many of us wear, I call it the sweater of shame. And if we can open up kind of discussions together to be authentic and to share our, you know, trials and tribulations, we can overcome it where I think maybe years ago, it wasn't as class A or, or maybe it was more frowned upon to talk about the things we went through. You don't want to be labeled like a victim or annoying. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look at our parent generation. Like they wouldn't even go to therapy. Oh Yeah. You know, that to them was like, no, you're just weak. Like you, you figure it out and you just, there was, there was no talking about your feelings or anything you had been through. And, and so it's crazy. Yeah, no, I completely get that. So you go through this trauma and you start digging and doing the work on yourself. Do you feel like, like where from then to now, where, how do you feel like, where are you at on the scale of like 10 is healed? Um, I would say I'm, I don't know, personally, I guess I'm pretty self-aware. I think maybe an eight, I don't think we're ever necessarily healed. I don't think we're, I think we all have our triggers. Yeah. I certainly know mine. It's not to say they don't get to me, (laughs) Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not perfect by any means. I have my wounds. I have my triggers. I have my cries in the car and my weird things, which we all do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think it's such a blanket statement too. And it's so easy as women to be like, oh, you know, do the work. Once you do the work, you'll see it. I don't know. Cause I did the work for years and I really, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to deter anyone from trying to start a healing journey or a journey to, you know, to be better. I think there's always space for improvement, but I worked for years. 
I felt like crap still. I still felt like an imposter. That's that's what everyone wants to hear. They want to hear the realness of like, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe she's not fully healed and that's okay. Yeah. And I don't think I certainly hold all the cards in the deck, but I do know when we can be honest with ourselves, it fast tracks you to being healthier. And I don't mean healthier, just mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so I had, you know, I had to take a level of accountability with myself, with the decisions I was making, with the people I was surrounding myself with. And I think accountability is a triggering word if you're in a, you know, if you've been put through the ringer, you've been in an abusive relationship, or you've been with a narcissist, and and you're hearing me, who you don't know, say, be accountable. It's like, what the F? <laughs> like, we yeah. have been through. But I think when you can look back and say, why am I attracting narcissistic partners? Why am I sick all the time? Why am I going to the doctor and I'm this age and I'm on 10 prescriptions? Okay, let's get to the root of it and not blanket statement with, well, because I'm a victim. And I used to do the because I'm a victim. I had to know partners I've ever had are narcissistic. Why? There's a reason. And I know that the word narcissistic is, again, another one that's loosely thrown around, but if you're codependent, like I'm wildly codependent, yeah. um, which is, you know, <laughs> self-love deficit disorder is, you know, kind of the textbook definition. If you're not from familiar with what I'm talking about, and I'm trying to give a really like loose synopsis in this amount of time, but when you're codependent, it doesn't mean like you're dependent on a drug or a substance. It means that you are dependent on the love of others to feel somewhat worthy So healthy people aren't usually attracted to people that don't feel worthy. Self-healthy people are confident people and people that love themselves. So I had to do that internal narrative of like, well, holy crap, why do I only date the narcissists that are cheating on me? And why do I only, and why am I sick every winter in the hospital? And why am I, why do I have arthritis? Like I had to really dig deep and it's hard not to, while you're digging deep, kind of feel this level of resentment victimization, which is totally reasonable and valid. So I just don't want anyone to hear the word accountable and, and not feel validated. Right. How would you say that your relationship is with your husband now that you've sort of come to like the realization of all of this sort of the layers well, of I'm, the really, I'm really lucky. I kind of, I met him after I had had this like crazy epiphany, radical healing moment. And I think had I not, it wouldn't have fared as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I met him when I was, so I will say if you're codependent, I'll just go on the codependent train. So that's kind yeah. of where I'm at. Um, if you're codependent, you don't set boundaries with people. And it's really painful and toxic because what you do is you're basically walked all over and you feel resentment and you feel anger and maybe sometimes you'll blow up, but you feel like you're not worthy of love. So when you don't feel worthy of love, it's very hard for you to tell someone you're not treating me correctly because you don't want to lose them. And so when you're trying to heal from codependency, somebody great, if anyone is at all resonating with what I'm saying, there's a wonderful woman named Lisa Romano. She has been on my podcast. She's a codependency expert. Um, so I started listening to her YouTubes and her whole spiel is like radical boundaries, radical healing. And she says in the beginning, you'll go too far. So when my husband and I first met, it was right in the beginning of this journey and my boundaries were crazy. Like they were like, Oh, you didn't answer your phone. Not talking to you. You're cut off. 
<laughs> you actually weren't reasonable. <laughs> right, right. But you find a happy median over time, I will say. And he and, stuck around, which is good. Yeah, now I'm now I'm with child, so he's yeah. <laughs> I what did you and so and so sort of scrolling back a little bit so would would you I'm like all over the place I want to ask you so many questions um because obviously now you're pregnant and I think you know a lot of your like maternal feelings and and emotions start to like go rampage a little bit I know mine did towards like the third trimester of how do I protect this baby how do I you know, have healthy relationships with, you know, moving forward with my child and, and my husband or whatever. But, um, how do you feel like having a baby? Like, are you, are you nervous about that relationship or a little bit about just like creating something completely opposite of what you had or like, where are you at mentally with all that and emotionally with that? Um, I mean, I'm trying not to, I definitely had that. I would say I had that more in the beginning, so I didn't think that pregnancy would ever be an option for me. I I had really bad endometriosis. And, and of course, the doctors were telling me we tried IVF a few times and they were basically saying like, no, it's not for you. You need to. I was really keen on adoption. Were you trying for years and then you found out or did you already know going into trying to get pregnant? I knew I knew I knew I had endometriosis. Um, I'd had surgeries and I'd done the Lupron. I don't recommend okay, if you're listening in in your prescribing. Yeah, please Lupron. tell everyone everything. Um, yeah. I just I I want to disclaimer everything. Sorry, I'm all over the place as well. I keep blaming pregnancy brain. And I was just talking to my my daughter's two and I'm like, I, it's, it's mom brain. It's a mom brain. It's fine. No, usually my notes are so like, I'm a Virgo, like OCD. And today they're not, they're not even in order. I'm reading them and I'm like, oh my goodness. But so, yeah, so I knew it would be a, a, I totally was in the victim mindset, but I ended up getting pregnant naturally. I did. Naturally? Oh mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. I got pregnant naturally. I failed IVF like three times and I had this crazy excision surgery where they actually took my left ovary out and I don't know. I just started to get this faith in my body. I, even from the time I had my first endosurgery to the time I got pregnant, like my first surgery, I was like, a, I was just, I knew something was wrong. I was so upset. Anything the doctor said, I would go and codependent like what do I take? My life is over. Now I can't have kids. And then I don't know. I reached this place of like radical healing where I was like, my body, I know that that sounds like hokey, but I did a crazy, crazy protocol. It's on my social media. If anyone wants to read it, because it was so much work, I won't go over it all. It gave us sort of like the synopsis of, of like what it was more like the, the holistic route of I went the holistic route and I know that's not for everyone and it, and we're totally not one size fits all, but that's just the route I did. I did a 90 day cleanse with this really, really intense natural doctor in Orange County. And then I did a, like a parasite cleanse, which I, I know sounds like a gypsy thing too. Sometimes no, I I do, I, I, I'm listening back to myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, I sound like a hippie. <laughs> Uh, now you're pregnant so it clearly worked yeah and I did a crazy Chinese herbs Chinese medicine I think that it's like miracle work there's a reason that it you know they're so healthy in their culture 
I did, what else did I do? Oh, I did an, an immense amount of like um, natural therapies to cleanse the body, like ozone IVs, NADIVs um, at the Cone Institute. I just did a lot of like really trying to cleanse my body and I did a lot of mind work and EMDR and just really, really trying, trying to, to this sort of like your last, like, okay, hurrah, like I'm going to just do it this route. And if this doesn't work, were you thinking of like surrogacy or were you always thinking about like, I mean, I, I wasn't even like, okay, let's try all this stuff and like really radically change. And if it works, it works. And if not, I kind of gave it to God. I was like, if not, it doesn't work. And I'll be like a skinny legend because I got so healthy. <laughs> I had like a six pack. By the end. I'm making all the notes right now. It's gone now, but I was so healthy. I did a low FODMAP diet, which like is an anti-inflammatory diet. And you, you can't get pregnant if you're super inflamed because the sperm can't reach the egg if you're, um, tubes are inflamed and I noticed like my wedding ring didn't fit my fingers were so skinny I was like holy crap I'm a swollen girl by the way that's when I know that I'm losing weight when my when my ring comes off and I'm like oh it's working (laughs) now I'm swollen again but it's all you know we go through seasons but as far as um what was the question excitement for motherhood or feeling or just like yeah I mean obviously going through everything that you went through like are you nervous to either like project onto your baby or are you nervous to like make sure that your baby is like doesn't go through you know sometimes when we go through things oh, like yeah. oh well, my kid's never going to go through that I'm going to be the best mom and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that I have my days I mean I try and live by the, I know it sounds BS, but I try and live by the motto, like comparison is the thief of joy. And even like comparing anything to hardships I've endured wouldn't even be valid. Um, my mom had a really bad problem with, with drugs when I was young mm-hmm. and she had her trauma that she was just coping with. And unfortunately she didn't have a healthy means. This was again, a different time. Yep. Well, she went to um, speed and cocaine and ultimately prescription pills because that was the way to hide it. And so I just was really neglected in a sense of not necessarily a monetary standpoint. So I don't want to sound like not relatable, but just basic human things weren't met. Like I remember like there was like a huge gap where she wouldn't take me to the dentist because she was like, if we go to the dentist, they'll know that you haven't been going to the dentist and like the child protective people will come. And I like, I remember conversations like that where I had to feel shame because when you're young and you're not getting these basic needs met, you feel shame. So I know, I already know my child won't endure that. So I don't have that fear. And I don't, I don't want to put too much like stress on myself. But my only, I think my only kind of cross to bear is, which my husband agrees with, is I really psychoanalyze everything. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying not to because sometimes we'll, we'll disagree on something. And I'm like, if you don't respect me in front of her, she's going to be 18 with a guy who's abusive because you, they look at how you, and she have to hug me five times a day. And like, <laughs> I don't think this is just you. I think this is a lot of women. Yeah, but I'm so like, I don't necessarily attribute it to like, oh, well, I had a childhood trauma. I think I'm just normal. Like I'm crazy, but I'm just normal. Normal crazy. Yeah, I think there's a level of crazy we all carry. And I'm hormonal, you know, like 50 pounds heavier, hormonal laying in bed. What else am I going to think about? I'm not thinking about 
the sex or working out. I'm just like, oh, oh God, tell me about it. You probably won't think about that for a while either. Yeah, I definitely. It, it's brutal on your body, but it is such a miracle and it's a blessing. And we all know that, but damn, is it a lot? I know. I, know. I, I feel so guilty complaining because it's so, so hard, hard for me to get pregnant. pregnant. And- yeah, but so it's okay to complain. Right. I think everyone, everyone understands, that. like, okay, yeah, everyone knows that I'm grateful. Everyone knows. But let me just bitch a little bit because this this is, like, intense. But there's some women that absolutely love being pregnant. Like, they could be pregnant all year long. I don't – yeah, that's not where I fall on that <laughs> scale. <laughs> but I, it is definitely a miracle. It's just crazy because things start getting, like, bigger and, and darker and wider. And you're like – Oh, yeah. And, and let like me just tell you, my areolas pink. have not gone down. Yeah, my like color will fade. But so the craziest thing is, I did in order also to get pregnant. I, I mean, in my mind, I did an explant surgery last year. I removed my breast implants, and I got them when I was super young. But I kind of just knew they weren't. I felt like they were making me sick. I. That's all. I don't think they make everyone sick. I think they just. I was already like inflamed as my doctor always says, like, if you're already in a burning building and you add a tin of gasoline, you're going to have a, a little flame. But like, if you're totally healthy and you're not inflamed, you can, you can bring a can of gasoline into your building. So, right. um, I removed them and I had these perfect, perfect little boobies. And now I'm like, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It'll, it goes back. It goes back. And honestly, depending on like the elasticity of your skin and genetics plays a huge role, uh, they they could go back. But right now they're probably big and juicy and voluptuous. Oh, yeah. Everything is bigger. Does your husband so, love it? <laughs> I think he I think he feels more empathy for me. Like he's like, OK, we're done. We're yeah. Done. Because there's some men that absolutely love seeing a pregnant woman. And then there's some men that are like, uh, I'm good. Like we no, don't he's need like, to. He, think- he, he always jokes. He's like, "There's something like beautiful and sexy about pregnant women." Don't you notice that? And I'm like, I guess. Like I don't. Know. Yeah, all I notice are my cankles and <laughs> like my my double chin. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but no, he's really supportive. That's so sweet. Noom is driven by a singular mission to help as many people as possible live healthier lives through behavior change. They use the latest in proven behavior science to empower people to take control of their health for good. And through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. And unlike any other restrictive diets or working out programs, Noom Weight uses psychology to empower you with the practical knowledge and skills you need to build smarter, more sustainable long-term habits and behaviors. Our psychology approach is based on scientifically proven principles like cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, which helps people better understand their relationship with food and why they eat the way they do. Noom doesn't believe in restricting what you can or cannot eat. Instead, Noom gives you the knowledge and wisdom you need to make informed choices that not only fit your lifestyle, but also help you reach your goals. An off day is totally okay and won't set you off course. Noom Weight gently helps you get back on track. You're the boss. You decide how Noom Weight fits into your life, not the other way around. 
five, 10, or 15 minutes a day. How much time you want to spend on the app is up to you. So sign up for your trial and get psychologically based support and motivation to reach your goals at noom.com slash humble. That's noom.com slash humble to sign up for your trial. First impressions are everything. So if you're looking to make an impact with your online content, you need issue. The easiest way to make your creative ideas come to life and share everywhere you want to be seen. Issue is an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flipbooks and brochures and more. There's no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your creative in an easy to view way on every device. Make it once and distribute it everywhere without reformatting. Your content is already optimized for engagement and ready to share. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, and really anyone who wants to make content that stands out. And you can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience. Get started with Issue today for free, or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code humble. That's I S S U U dot com slash podcast and use promo code humble at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's I S S U U issue dot com slash podcast with promo code humble. I love my smile. What I don't love is all the toxic ingredients in most dental care products. They're not good for my health or my teeth. So I want the best for my oral health. Products made with natural ingredients that help my smile, not harm it. That's why I use Luminu. Luminu makes toothpaste, mouthwash, and whitening products that actually help your oral health instead of hurting it. They use a purposeful and uncompromising ingredients like sea salt, aloe, and coconut oils to clean and brighten your smile. Plus, everything they make is certified non-toxic. You won't find harsh bleaches, artificial dyes, or alcohol in any of Luminous products. Everything they make is dentist-formulated, backed by over 50 studies, and proven to protect the good bacteria in your smile, also known as the microbiome. Luminu whitening strips are super effective and perfect for sensitive teeth it only takes 30 minutes to apply and you'll see results in seven days making for incredible before and after pictures i know when i was younger i would use all those harmful things and it it just honestly it wasn't worth the whitening versus the painfulness in my gums or how sensitive my teeth would be and now with luminu it's a game changer riley uses it i i give it to everybody i know it's You can't ask for a better product. And I love how my smile feels and looks, and I know you guys are gonna love Lumino as much as I do too. So get 15% off your order today by going to uh, luminu.com slash humble and use code humble. That's G-E-T-L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X.com slash humble, code humble to save 15%. Get luminu.com slash humble. So are you, do you have a plan as they say? I have no plan. You have no plan. So again, and I, this is kind of my, my joke of life and I, I call it 
if if you know me or follow me, I'm I'm sure I don't think I know a lot of your audience. Um, I call it the scoreboard of shame. So like every time something bad happens, we're like, oh, another freaking thing. And and a lot of women have this. We're like, say like something traumatic happens when you're 18 and then they're divorced to 25 and then you get breast cancer at 30 or, you know, you start to feel like, holy crap, every time something bad happens. And so with my pregnancy, I was so excited and I went in and they said I have um, placenta previa, which is very common. I believe it's like one in 10 or one in 20 placenta grows over your cervix. And then I went in a few months later for bleeding and they said I had something called Vesa Previa, which is less common. I think it's one in every 5,000 where your, um, your vessels, I'm not, by the way, I'm not well-versed in gynecology, so it's okay. I'm not going to pretend to be, but where your vessels are grown over. So it might be a C-section because I've heard from my MFM it's resolved, but my other doctor says it hasn't. So I'm going in next week again. So if that's the case, then because you're bedridden, bedridden right now, right? Um, I'm on modified bed rest. I'm on pelvic sure. rest and modified bed rest, but I don't get out. And I, I know it's against doctor's orders, but I have to do. I get a little depression when I am not seeing people. I sometimes go into my head, and I don't like that that mindset. So I get out, um, but I'm not allowed to work out or right. But, it's okay. And so when they told me, I, I added it to my scoreboard and I was like, of course, you know, this, of course. And then I just stopped myself and I was like, whatever we need to do, you know, as long as she's healthy. Yeah, exactly. You have to change the mindset. If not, you're going to go down another wormhole and then. Yeah. And if it is a C-section, I'm okay with that. I mean, I was a C-section and I had a huge head, so I'll have a big, huge head baby. And yeah. not, by the way, I was the type, and there's a lot of women that are totally against it, but I was the type that I was like, I much rather have a C-section than push. I just, like, I know my tolerance for pain, and I am definitely a wuss when it comes to certain things. And, like, I just, I knew that I probably would just never recover mentally from from that. And I was like, I just am going to take it off the table. And granted, my gynecologist was like, look, let's just plan for you to have a natural birth, but we're going to set a date just in case. And <laughs> you know, you'll always have the date. And by the way, I had a date and she still came a week early and we did a C-section. So it was fine. Yeah. And you were telling me like the recovery, I'm just afraid of the recovery. But the recovery is, is no greater than, I mean, look, granted, everything has to go back to normal, right? You're it's, it's a very, very big surgery. Um, and you know, God has a plan and everything is going to work out the way it's supposed to work out. But, but it is definitely way more invasive than pushing. Um, it was a good, like two weeks of just like kind of hunched over and like walking slowly to the bathroom. Um, the scar is not bad. It's just more like you're, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're moving body parts in there just to get the baby out, you know? So it's, it's like, it's huge. But, um, uh, for me, I'd rather do that. <laughs> I'd rather have my, my insides taken out than me pushing. I mean, I am like, I'm that crazy. No, like, and the, definitely the control part of me is like aiming where I'm, I'm okay with that because I don't want to, I'm, I'm so afraid of like the room for error and it's not that I don't trust doctors or the medical community. I trust doctors. Um, but in my own personal experience, doctors have been often wrong. 
So like with my endo, they were wrong for a few years with, with a few other health issues I've had, they've been wrong. And so they're like, well, if we're wrong, you know, we just do an emergency C-section. I'm like, I would rather mentally be able to prepare. Mm -hmm. No, I'm hemorrhaging. And then you cut me open. (laughs) Exactly. Cause then you're, I had a friend who something similar, she was pushing for, honestly, I think it was like 36 hours. And at that point it was like the baby was in distress and it was like, they had minutes, they had minutes to basically like knock her out. They had to basically like stick a needle in her arm. She passed out. Husband couldn't go in the room. They just, you know, took her into, um, the C-section room and, and she was losing a bunch of blood. She was hemorrhaging and it was like a disaster. And it was like, why? And she was so mad. She was like, why did you guys let me go this long? When, you know, like you just say, all right, not going to work. Let's, let's. Yeah. And if that's the case, like I'm signed up. I, I like least amount of medical intervention, but if that's the case and they are already asking me like, well, what's your blood type? We'll have blood on lock in case you hemorrhage. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know if I want. Why are we, I mean, it's good to have that plan, but let's not go to plan C. Like, let's yeah, just. Yeah, like, I don't. If, if we're going to do it, if I hemorrhage, maybe we'll just do it. So, but I'm, I'm actually getting an, a third or fourth opinion. I'm the queen of opinions. Good. Thursday. We all should be. Yeah, I was, I was laughing this morning. Actually, you texted me about my eyebrow girl and I was, was with my mother-in-law. She was getting her eyebrows microbladed and I just sat there for like moral support. And I was joking with her how I posted her and she was like saying thank you. And I was like, it's so funny. I probably met with 50 people to microblade my eyebrows and I'm there yeah. never. But oh, in your eyebrows, you do like triple, quadruple like uh, opinions. Oh, I met, I met with a million people. They're right in the middle of my face. I mean, could you imagine? And I've had people reach out, which I don't really ever do anything like sponsor. I don't know. I'm not like an influencer or anything. I've had people reach out and offer to give me free microblading because they're just starting. And I love that. But I'm like really protective of what I share, or what I do. And I don't want to ever share someone that I haven't seen. Right. <laughs> and I was like, the, the is like so many women I talked to this week were like, oh, yeah, I've interviewed like 10 microblading girls. And I'm like, but then we see a doctor and they're like, oh, we're not going to cut you open. We're just going to do this. And they're like, OK, like the doctor says. And I'm like, so I want to see like 10 doctors. And I felt like I was offending mine. Because I was like, well, I'm going to go get as many as opinions as possible because you're cutting a human out of me, you know, for sure. (laughs) Something as benign and ridiculous as my eyebrows. I get my eyebrows done at like the nail salon, which is like the worst thing you could ever do. But I'm crazy. I mean, I'm crazy about anything, though. I just love to research. I am so like, eh, whatever. All I asked my doctor was like, can you just make sure that the line is straight? I'm like, I have OCD and I just want to make sure that like it's not. And by the way, guess what? that my doctor wasn't available. So it was another doctor and I'm like having contractions and I'm like, please just make the line straight. And now it looks like the emoji that has like the smirk. That's my, that's my fucking C-section line. Like it's so annoying. Um, that's hilarious. No, I'm so, I love to research and I love to go in. I have this folder. It's right here actually on the bed. Um, Oh my God. That's like your Bible. It's like my medical folder and doctors freaking hate me because I go, oh, in you need to publish like, that. Can you make that a book and just give it to every new mom that has any oh, worry? I, literally, I wanted to make it like an Instagram tab, but I feel like nobody wants to read my chicken scratch writing, but I write down, like I compare prices for everything. I compare methods. I compare because 
we have to be our own advocate, but I do it too yes. much, but I don't, because See, that's, I need people like you that are doing that because I don't, I don't, I don't really care or have the time to, but if someone told me, Hey, you could either go to this person or that person and this would cost this and that would cost that. Oh my God. I would, I would pay gajillions of dollars for that. Oh, well, I mean, laying here pregnant, what else am I, I'm like, <laughs> you run out of, I was watching Netflix, but you are making like a beautiful tab of like everything. I am. Yeah. I am a little manic with this, but oh, baby room's done. no baby room. Um, we're actually moving. So I didn't want to, when are you moving? In a few months, but we have a crib, but it's not like a baby. You know what I mean? Oh, you don't need to them anyways. They're going to sleep with you for... Yeah, they're in, a, they're in the little... Um, the next to you in your room for a while. The bassinet. Yeah, they're in there for a few months. So I'm not... It's funny for how type I am not concerned about that at all. Where are you guys moving? Like just is still in, in Orange County? Just locally. Uh, okay. A few miles away. Oh, that's, oh, that's not, not bad. Oh my gosh. That's wild. Well, I feel like... You are thriving. You look beautiful, and I once each other on the Zoom, and I am like homeless and red. <laughs> your homeless is my glamour shot. <laughs> Let's not even talk about your Instagram. I, I prerequisite. I was like, we are not filming the video, right? <laughs> like four times I'm in my room. Like this is totally not. This is not going up. No, absolutely not. Well, I'm so excited to speak to your audience. And I was telling my husband actually this morning, I was like, I'm so excited because um, like this last trimester, I don't know, hormonally or and it wasn't intentional, but I got a little blue and sometimes I get a little blue and I can't necessarily snap myself out of it like I want to. Yeah. And so I've been saying a lot of no's to things, specifically podcast and, yeah. and speaking especially about feeling better when I feel like crap I kind of feel like a liar mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't certainly want to be like oh here's how you figure it all out on a day where I'm I'm just feeling blue and so I was the last week I was so excited to speak to you because I kind of feel like myself again and we all are getting like out of it yeah and I just I mean I certainly hope I always say if like one person listening kind of feels related to I certainly hope if someone's like feeling like crap or not themselves they know that they're not alone in that I think it's just it's so important that we have this community because we are essentially all going through things that are very similar right so whether your trauma is a versus b it's still a trauma and we still have to somehow try to work through that and if this can help, like you said, one person, that's what matters, right? Feeling like you're less alone. And I know motherhood for me was very isolating and I was going through a lot during that time. And I was so depressed and it was supposed to be like the best time in in my life, but I feel like it was almost like the worst. And, you know, you're trying to figure your life out. You're trying to figure out your new body that's Just like everything is just your world flips upside down, you know, and 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 so I think having someone that you can either listen to and feel like you're almost friends with and just hear what they're going through and it it just it helps. It helps so much. I mean, everyone talks about self-love, especially me, but it's hard. I mean, it's hard to practice what you preach when you're practicing loving someone new 
more yeah. than you're ever going to love anything in this world. And then people are like, but don't forget to take time for yourself. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Let me just, let me just write that in. And not, and not only that, it's, it's also like the, everyone tells you, oh my God, it's the, the most incredible love and like the most incredible feeling. And I didn't really feel that at first. And I felt a lot of guilt and I felt like, wait, why am I not feeling what everyone else is feeling? And well, and I think that that's where kind of, sorry to interrupt. I think that's where the transparency that we can all provide with one another really does help because I felt the same way even getting pregnant and I know it's a miracle. And I felt this overwhelming guilt because I was so afraid of, and I, I miscarried prior, but I was so afraid of like my body letting me down again, where I didn't feel connected to this child in me. And I still have days or weeks that go by and I feel that way, but I'm really blessed where I've built a community of women like you, where they're like, no, isolated too. And imagine if you didn't have that because you're feeling like you're broken or maybe you're not, you know, worthy of being a parent or worthy of being a partner. And, and it just, sometimes it does spiral and our hormones are so screwed up. And it's, and I think it's just like, once we can have these uncomfortable, vulnerable conversations with each other, I feel like we can all bond a little bit more and make each other feel like, okay, I'm not going crazy. This is fine. And it, and it helps you, I think, get out of that funk and get out of your head and just remember like, okay, everyone goes through this. It's fine. If this is not a forever thing, I'm not a bad person. It's, it's going to be okay. You know? Completely, completely. And that's where I think community plays a huge role. And community comes with, what is it, a double-edged sword? I, I don't I don't think oh, that's Oh, for community. sure. Um, but I'm really good with knowing, and, and I think it's a great reminder, I know everything I see on Instagram is the best highlight. Yes. Except, you know, there's some accounts I follow that specifically are derived against that, like, um, what is her name, the papaya? Oh, yeah, the bird's papaya. I think if you seek out things that are more transparent or, or vulnerable, if you're feeling blue, that's smart. And I, I, but I also know, like, I like to see the, I like to see the glamour and the face apt, perfect, pretty image. And, but I know that it's that, you know, I know it took 50 photos to get the one. And I think it's a good to remind yourself, like, nobody's perfect. Nobody's bounced back. It's still smooth. It's still face tuned. It's still... You know, you have to be easy on yourself. That's why I, I like laughing at this point. I keep posting how much weight I gain every week. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, I I can't, I can't smooth it. I'm like, okay, here I am. But we all have seasons. And we have seasons where we're really self-deprecating and hard on ourselves. So I think, and there are some people that make me feel bad. And I just mute them now. Because yep. um, I had a friend who, it wasn't what she was posting. It was just for some reason it triggered me Yeah, um, like her mindset didn't align with mine, not to where I was angry or didn't love her or like her. Just, it, I found it like hitting my triggers because we all have our own wounds, right? Like I could say something and I, I get the feedback on my podcast all the time where people think I'm coming from a place that's so negative and I'm like, that's not how I meant it. So she just didn't hit me the right way. And I, is she a friend that you talk to outside yes, of social media? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And um, but I didn't know she had an app that tells you if someone follows. No. <laughs> and so. Hey, bitch, why did you mute me? <laughs> no, so then I learned you can mute people. So now I just mute. I have like 150. It doesn't tell you if you mute someone. Yeah, now I mute everyone. I know, but the app doesn't tell you if you, if you get muted. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> just imagine. Oh, my gosh. It's good. To, it's good to turn off people. And I'm sure I'm that person for people. Sometimes we all are where you're just not 
ready. Like, but it goes back to the boundaries conversation, right? You have to create your own boundaries in your life with your relationships, with social media, with, with anything. And it's saying, Hey, this is now affecting me and my day to day. So I'm, and we all have the tools to say, okay, I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to mute this and anything. Respect your boundaries. That's a sign of codependency. But if you don't, that's when you usually blow up on someone and then you act like a fool and then you end up feeling shame because if you don't, you don't respect your boundaries and then someone makes you angry. Right. You've lost control of your emotions. So I always try and like nip it prior, even with silly things. Like over the summer, I was seeing everyone traveling and I was feeling so sad with COVID and I was like laying there with my bump and I was like, well, I'll just mute them for a week. <laughs> You know what's funny? I I always forget how to unmute them. Like, I don't know how to go back and, un- and find them. I kind of like keep a tally on the people that, and then when I was in a better mindset. Is Bible? Is it in your book? You're like muted this first day. My alphabetized mute list? No. Yeah. Um, no, but then if you're, no, you're feeling better, you can kind of laugh at yourself and be like, oh gosh, you know, now I'm rooting for them, which we yeah. all should be, but we all have our days where we're just not, we don't want to see a bunch of, you know. But I know for the most part, it's all through a filter. It's all through the rose colored glasses. And it's, you know, it's so true. It really is. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Once this baby's here, we need to go and and just pop a little bottle of champagne. Oh, yay. I would love that. (laughs) Okay, we'll chat soon. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I feel like we all need a Lacey in our lives. She's so inspiring and hopefully you guys can apply a thing or two from her life into yours. So thank you all for tuning in. Love you. Please make sure to subscribe, rate and review. And remember, stay humble and stay hungry. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.